Salut ma belle. Avant de commencer, laissez-moi te prévenir. Ceci ici est un podcast lors de divulgation. Marchez légèrement, ma jolie. And for my English-speaking beauties, fair warning, there's spoilers ahead. Thanks for listening. Enjoy, my lovelies. Are you ready, Justin? Aye, aye, Brandon. I can't hear you! Aye, aye, Brandon! Oh! Who reads the manga for the show in peace? Brandon, Justin. Loud and obnoxious, don't call the police! Brandon, Justin. We took over this program for SpoilerCast 5. Brandon, Justin. We'll talk about new stuff, you'll be so surprised! Brandon, Justin. Brandon, Justin. Brandon, Justin. Brandon Justin! That was yeah, so yeah, good. That was good. That felt right. I, I think that felt really right. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to come out like dog shit, like every other <laughs> musical related bit we do on this cast. But I hey, am you so know concerned about how big my waves are. They looked really wild and obnoxious, ah, but yeah, that, that's a Dylan. Fix. I I like to think of my waveforms as just part of the charm. To be mm-hmm, honest, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like at at this point, we've been doing this long. You know, I've I've had, we've done this bit. I don't want to do this bit anymore. <laughs> 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 we've, we've, we've made this joke. We've talked about waveforms, and you know, I feel like after we cross the three year threshold, we, we just we're recycling the content at this point. <laughs> See, it's not a bit. It's just the reality of things. But anyway. It, it, it do be the reality of things. I've stopped looking at my waveforms. You, you can't, you can't fight it. You just have to embrace it. It, it gives, it gives us charm. You know what I mean? Just gotta embrace, embrace, embrace the peaks and the right, yeah, 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 and the red zones. So, so how you doing, Justin? You, uh, you, you know, I think I'm doing okay. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, what are we here for again? Uh, we are here for spoiler cast number five. How is this not the third? When did we do two more of these? That's the full title. <laughs> that is the entire title. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to make sure to get that entire caveat in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, just like uh, every other anime in the 21st century, <laughs> we are also extending the title of every single thing that we cr- we produce. We're officially an isekai now. <laughs> well, yeah, we have, we have become an isekai. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, no, we uh, we're here for spoiler cast five. Uh, Justin's been really looking forward to this, haven't you, Justin? Uh, I think so. I think there's particularly recently, uh, if you've been reading the manga, there's just been a lot of new information that's been coming out like week after week after week for the past, like uh, maybe three months, maybe a little less. But yeah, which is true. And we just finished, you know, the Marine Ford War. And so that's a decent stopping point for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So between Wano ending. Oh, oh sorry. Hold on. Uh, you, you maybe you Dylan bleeps that it probably doesn't. Uh, this is a spoiler cast, so from now on, unless you want to be spoiled for literally anything that is in the One Piece anime or manga, leave, go away. You mm-hmm, you don't want to mm-hmm. be here. Now, you warned uh, you, uh, Ace dies. Wait, hold on, that's not a spoiler anymore. <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, Damn it! I wanted to do it. Oh, that's right. He's not a spoiler anymore. Wait a second. <laughs> uh, hold on. Uh, Sandy's last name is Vince Smoke. There you go. Bam. Spoiled. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. Vin, yeah Sanji's last name is Vince Smoke. There you go. That's the new. That's the new Ace dies meme. <laughs> exactly. Sanji okay, has well, a last name and he has a family. This is good. You know, I, I was actually now that I think about it, we we needed something to replace that in order to continue the spoiler cast energy. So I, I'm glad that we managed to find that for mm-hmm, ourselves. Mm-hmm. We. I was gonna think maybe we say Sabo lived, 
you know, just to like stay in the vein. <laughs> you but... know, honestly, <laughs> I think that just carries as much weight to it. On like, Sandy's last name is a meme. Saying Sabo lives and not being ironic with it. That's that's pretty big spoiler, I think. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it would be, but either way, I mean, same energy regardless, whether mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. Uh, Sanji Vin Smoke or uh, uh, oh, I'm so sorry. Hold on, uh, I think somebody just entered my house. Oh no! Hold on, uh, <laughs> insert um, Jeopardy music here. Do 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 I can uh I have returned and it was all a lie. Thank God. Woo. <laughs> I ran I ran <laughs> out of air and music to sing. Somebody yeah, somebody would have like walked into my house and I'm just like, hello. Uh and they're like, My name is uh Antonio Bandera and I've come to kill you or you killed my father <laughs> or whatever the fuck the Princess Bride joke is. <laughs> I totally forget that dude's name. What was it? Hang on. I want to know this bit now. Hold on. Princess Bride. This is already so scuffed, but I don't care. Princess Bride. Quote. My name is Antonio. Is it? My name is. What the fuck? It's Princess Bride. Quote. My name is. Hold on. My name is Indigo Montoya. You killed my father. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> I couldn't tap feist enough. Fat feist fast enough. No, where's this kid? I was trying to remember the the name of the 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 luggage dude from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, where he's he's like my my name is uh, I can't even say it because I can't remember. Uh huh. Everyone's funny. What's this guy's name? Uh, uh, luggage dude. All right. Well, moving on from uh, the the broken parts of our brain, let's try to find the places <laughs> that aren't broken. Uh, so we are here for One Piece spoiler cast, uh, and yeah. So it's been a minute since we did one of these, and uh, I guess we didn't really have a lot of structure to this episode. No, not, not that even we a ever bit. do, but you know, sometimes it comes out you know relatively organic and normal or whatever here and there. Hopefully, maybe <laughs> we're, we're still I wrote bad some bullets. We yeah, allegedly bullets. went over them. Yeah, totally. So I guess the first thing that we're gonna do is uh, we'll 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 cover the the post chapter a thousand. Although, should we wait? Maybe we should talk about um how we felt about Wano first. No, what do you think, Justin? Uh, listen, you... you feel free to steer the ship. I just wrote bullet points. I don't know where to go. There's a lot we all can right, go. Well, how, how about this? First of all, let's let's cover what has happened since the last time we had a spoiler cast. Now, I believe the last time we had a spoiler cast, they had just started the fight with Kaido and Big Mom at the on the rooftop, mm-hmm. right? I believe that's correct. I think I even remember the last chapter that debuted when we did a spoiler cast was when uh, Law put the sun homie or was it the cloud in the little like magic box or whatever? I think it was the cloud. It was the cloud, yeah. And actually, uh, or, what, actually, he does no, have a name. No, he's he in the box. Uh, Zeus is with Nami or kind of actually. No, 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 no. It was Zeus in the box because Prometheus was getting cut up by Zoro right. at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then Kaido like threw like an attack at Zoro, which made him be like, "Oh no, I don't want to die." And then Prometheus was he put him he put his shit back together. And then yo, don't let the the, don't let the the manga don't let these people fool you. Zoro kills Kaido is alive and well, kids. All right, don't lose hope. You just stop, just stop, man. (laughs) Okay, I'm joking. I'm joking. By the way, please, you were never actually on that train. No, I I thought it was a meme. I thought it was a great meme. There are people who are far more 
unironically invested in that plot line, if you will, than I am. And I uh-huh. try to stay away from those people. I think the ZKK Zoro kills Kaido has to be the worst fucking joke that has ever come out of the the One Piece community. No and way. I was here, and I was here when fucking Carrot came into the picture. Okay, so <laughs> no way. I think I, I think it's a good joke. I think it probably no, has some of the worst like sub community group members potentially. It, it is a terrible meme. I mean, okay, fine. I, I have a subjective opinion against it. But that being said, uh, yeah, so w- that was the chapter that came out the last time we did a spoiler cast. And since then, we had highlights being Kid and Law beating uh, Big Mom and Kaido, of course. Mm-hmm. We have had uh, Luffy eventually besting Kaido and also uh, showing off his gear five, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. his awakened devil fruit. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we also have had new emperors, which Justin's already spoiled for everybody. So you already know all know about that on cast. Uh, Did I? Do I? Yeah, you've done that. And uh, you you think you're you think you're clever, but you literally, as you normally do, you just tell them what the, the truth is when you are being quote unquote right, clever. So uh, <laughs> the buggy being future emperor is meme. All right. They have no idea. They, they don't, you, they don't even know. you should have at least been on the 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 warlord bit. You jumped straight into to Emperor the day that we all found out, and I was I'm still I still sh- shudder when I think about that <laughs> fucking episode. Uh, that being said, uh, yeah, Buggy becomes an Emperor along with Luffy after they beat Kaido and Big Mom, and now they are on the new arc known as Egghead. So, I would say for my my first thoughts about Wano. I will admit that I actually liked the climax, I think, more than most people. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of other people find that the the final skirmish in Wano either A, didn't have enough happening, or more likely B, they thought it happened too fast. I am not one of those people. I think I, I agree with that assessment. I felt like the climax had enough growth enough character interaction everything felt about paced as normal as any uh one piece thing usually is i i I didn't need a spectacle from this arc because i knew it wasn't the final arc i know that there's going to be more after this i mean at the end of the day kaido was going to inevitably become a stepping stone however i will also preface this by saying there are a lot of people that i think have this mentality that it's impossible that big mom and kaido are down for the count I am not one of those people. I think that they are 100% down for the count. If they come back, the only means that they will come back, in my guesstimation, is Kaido will become like this defeated like dude who's just like wandering. He'll become almost like a Ronin wherever the fuck he lands mm-hmm. and never fuck with anybody ever again. And he'll just be like known as like a legend, but never do anything ever again because he's so defeated. And then Big Mom will come out being unable to like use her powers or something because they landed in the lava that is supposedly covered with uh, probolin or zelobin or whatever the hell that fucking chemicals called that like is made out of sea prism stone. Yeah, so that's fair. a big, big theory that everyone has is if they did survive, their bodies are literally covered in essentially sea prism stone. So they can't use their devil fruits anyway. Mm. And they put a lot of, I guess, priority over their devil fruit. I mean, they were also kings of their hockey stuff. And Kaido even said, you know, someone like Roger, he literally conquered the seas using hockey alone or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I I do not for a second see them coming back into the story in any significant capacity. 
if they exist, it will be to serve a minor subplot. It will not be to serve the grand story. That is my personal opinion. That being said, you know, I think I was one of those people when we first started off when they knock Kaido and Big Mom down into the volcanic ocean floor or whatever. Um, I think for me, I was just a little, I don't want to say I was upset. I think I was in shock and disbelief at like, this is how we defeat them, which I guess makes sense because like for Luffy, Mm -hmm. at least Luffy isn't the type to kill anybody. Yes. Um, And so having Kaido fall down to like magma. And I think I also did forget the part of like, oh yeah, like there's a there's like sea prism essence floating around down there. Um, So my head, I'm like, surely Kaido can like get up from that. And then, you know, we get, something else down the line. I, I don't know. I, I guess for me, I was having trouble trying to envision like, how do they beat big mom and Kaido without like some gory finish or being like really ridiculous and like off putting, like, you know, we can't talk no jutsu them. We can't do this or that or whatever. So like, how do you defeat these two absolute units of uh, antagonist, right? I, I just, I really just feel like this, the answer to that question is so much simpler than, than the community is expecting. I think it's just they lose their drive to do anything anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the, the kids beat them. They, 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 their, their thrones have been dethroned. They, they could fight to get them back, but now they're going to be playing catch up in an era where they're already like the oldest pirates on the seas. Like they've been knocked down so many pegs. Could they, in theory, if if they're alive and if the whole sea prism thing like covering their skin if that's not if that's not the case and in theory they have every capability that they previously had once they heal i mean at the end of the day like they're going to be playing catch up all over again i think it's okay in this instance to just be like from a narrative perspective they've given up because they're so fucking old and they've been knocked down a peg they just don't even have the energy to get their heads back into the game. I think that that's fine. And it's not the first time that that narrative choice would have been chosen for any anime, let alone One Piece. Okay. That's, that's my personal opinion, I guess. I don't know if you have any different opinions. No, I can, I can rock with that. Um, I think... I think maybe also a big driving force for uh, mostly believing Big Mom wasn't down for the count is... Uh, I think everyone generally believes that Elbeth is on the timeline, right? And mom being uh, a giant and she, from what I hear, I never actually saw or read this. Uh, in Whole Cake Island, she had her own like little backstory introduction. Um, Whoa, wait, where... okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, you haven't seen that and you think she's a giant? <laughs> well, like, I, is she a giant question mark? No. She's not <laughs> a not giant. Kidding. She's not like, a giant. She's just a very large woman. Yes, wow, I'm not kidding. Okay. All right. Well. You are big dumb. <laughs> I, I listen. I saw big woman. As far as I remember, I remember hearing that she like grew up on Elbaf, right? Or am I wrong? She did grow up on Elbaf, but she grew up on Elbaf as an orphan when her bio parents brought her to Elbaf. Uh, she, I don't know if she was like a noble, but like her parents were noble or rich enough to be able to just afford a casual boat trip to Elbaf, okay. I guess. And uh, that's where she was dropped off with uh, Mother Caramel, which okay. was remember remember Mother Caramel mm-hmm. from like you know like the, the vaguely did remember you even, her story. Yeah, <laughs> did you read? Uh, no, I did Whole not. Cake Island did or not. <laughs> Whole okay. Cake Island? I am like I'm not completely blind because I know like certain big of plot points that happen, but like I'm mostly blind. That's wild to me. Whole Cake Island is objectively my favorite One Piece arc outside of 
pre-time skip bar none. And even after finishing Wano, I feel like I have the same opinion. That's fair. Uh, so but, today but I yes, learned continue. Big Mom is not a giant, so this probably she puts a not. hole into my, <laughs> to my little headcanon here. But I was like, mm-hmm. oh, like if she were to come back, surely she comes back in, in Obaf and then something crazy happens. <laughs> I mean, that that still might be the case, so she might still come back in Elbath, but as of right now, the Elbath tie-in, the most recent chapter we've gotten, uh, Kid is on his way to Elbath. He he actually He's actually rolling up to it as yeah, we speak. Yeah, he's like uh, pulling up the shore or something like that, according to Kid. Oh, not Kid. What am I on about? Uh, killer. Killer. Killer, yeah. If Killer so, simply believed and his gut instinct is correct, they have landed on a I think that is fun is that since Killer was uh, the tag team with Law in defeating Big Mom, mm-hmm. when the word gets around that he was one of the two people that beat Big Mom, he's going to be welcomed on Elbath with open arms because now she might not be a giant, but she did fuck with a lot of the giants on Elbath to the point where they were banished. Uh, be based uh, like because what she did was she killed one of the grand elders or whatever. Does that oh. make sense? Wow. Yeah. Like, oh, there was shit. there was like two two grand elders on Elbath, and she murked one of them. And Mother Caramel it, it was like a hero to the giants there. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was she had a bunch of other orphan kids. But what what Mother Caramel got the giant elder that survived to agree to is just a blanket banishment instead of murder against uh big mom or Lin Lin or whatever because back in those days mother caramel before uh before big mom ate all the kids and mother caramel included <laughs> oh, uh before that happened mother caramel had the intent the intention of selling her to the world government because she was like oh this bitch is like really fucking strong and she's like five mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh of course after that so she was like i i got i need to like I need to restrict this and just turn it into a banishment so that I don't lose my fucking, you know, get out of jail freak or my my money ticket or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, of course, Big Mom uh, ends up eating all of them. <laughs> Wild. Big, uh, big, sad, big, sad. <laughs> or I guess, I mean, it's heavily implied, but there's v- literally no conceivable way that m- Big Mom could have gotten Mother Caramel's devil fruit if Without she didn't eating her. fucking eat her. <laughs> like, let's be real. As far as many of us are concerned, uh, Blackbeard ate something off of Whitebeard. I'm convinced he ate his heart. That's what I'm convinced. I'm also kind of convinced he ate his heart, but even if he didn't, I think it has something to do with his devil fruit. Regardless, there is no rhyme or reason that Big Mom would have gotten that power without the only rule we know is is eating edible or whatever so it might as well be confirmed that she ate all those damn kids and mother caramel until oda you know throws a brand new red herring later down the line and fucking re redoes the whole thing but mm. i don't know why he would at this point he's already set the record he's already created the expectation i don't know why he would undo that but i don't know regardless um while we're here we 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 could finish the wano talk if we're done or not done whatever we could we i am not done with the wano talk i am not done with the wano okay talk. i was just gonna ask like do you since we're here do you want to jump onto the uh whatchamacallit the devil fruit theory stuff that we've gotten recently or hold off on that for a second absolutely hold off on that i have no All idea right. what you're talking about but hold off on it um i want to finish i want to finish wano at least my blanket review mm-hmm. i liked the climax and i liked the end of wano i felt like from a weekly basis i had a great time uh, I felt like everyone got enough screen time to where I could keep my attention. Um, the only, 
The only thing I would say is that I think on the surface, I still would put Wano below Whole Cake Island because I, as an audience, didn't feel the kind of attachment for the subplot of the arc as I did for Whole Cake Island. I think I was I just I, I was more attached to the events that happened during Whole Cake Island than mm-hmm. I was in, in Wano as a whole. And okay. Wano went kind of off. I mean, they had they had a, a a dude who would rob from the rich and give to the poor. They they had the dude who gave his life in order to keep the rebellion like under wraps. They, they had, had the whole smiles plot point. They had the quick. smile plot point. There was a lot happening. I'm not gonna say like Oda didn't go off. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I think just from like a I think a flat perspective, I think I vibed more with the whole Cake Island arc and everything happening with Sanji, uh, Katakuri's uh, introduction, just like the way everything played out in Whole Cake Island felt better than what we got in Wano. Mm-hmm. But I don't have the same. I don't feel like Wano's problems are that it wasn't long enough. I think that Wano's problems are that, if anything, it just didn't have the kind of I mean, other than like us being. Uh, connected to Odin, which was good. It was that was a little dragged out, in my opinion. I think the Odin stuff almost could have been reduced a little bit. As oh. nice as, as it was to get Roger, I think the it wasn't like twenty chapters, or am I am I completely misremembering? It might not have been twenty. It might have only been like fifteen or ten. But I felt like the Odin stuff dragged on a little bit, in my personal opinion. Interesting review. Mm-hmm. That is as uh, as essentially, my, I would still give Wano like a solid eight out of ten. But Whole Cake Island is closer to a nine, uh, in my personal opinion. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so my review thoughts? of Wano is I absolutely loved it. I don't know if I'm ready to say it's like my my favorite saga arc, whatever. I think I should do it justice and, you know, finish watching everything, and particularly the Whole Cake Island stuff. Um, I'm also thinking I might like Dress Rosa a lot more. Uh, on our rewatch coming up in the near future uh, than I currently hold it because now the like I'm a little bit more attentive attentive to like certain plot points and things that happen particularly in that arc I'm thinking like yeah I think Dressrosa might be my favorite arc like it has one of my favorite villains uh, cool characters a lot of backstory cool fights blah 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 I don't Mm -hmm, know for sure. mm -hmm. That's my prediction for myself. I think I'm actually going to really, really, really like Dressrosa on this rewatch after I give it, you know, the my full attention and and whatnot that it deserves. Um, Totally. So we'll see. I definitely still like Wano. Um, I, I, I'm my brain is mixing between like. I'm combining both um, mediums of like reading for the manga and also watching the anime. Anime pacing is actually starting to slow down. I'm starting to like physically be aware of that. That's just anime stuff, typical One Piece stuff, whatever. Who cares about that? Uh, for anime, my influence, I love the art. They change. I know they've done uh, a little bit of art change when in, uh, when walking into Wano. I loved it. All the pretty colors. They've been going hard on animation for more recently for certain scenes or whatever. Love it. It's great. Um, generally, still like the story. I got Zoro back. That was like my big thing when we first started Wano. <laughs> I think that's probably why I loser. hold it so highly. Like in retrospect, I was like, it, bro, dude. I got my favorite character back after literal years. Uh-huh, I, I uh-huh. can I can do it. Like this is the best thing ever, right? Um, I, I appreciate all the story uh, points for like in Wano in terms of like how the Straw Hats interact and, and whatnot. Um, I really like the Odin backstory. Um, seeing Roger um, 
and just getting their whole adventure. I thought that was super dope, super sick. Um, Odin attempting to save his uh, compatriots from Kaido was cool. Um, Kaido as a character is pretty cool. I do wish I got more backstory for the character. Like, give me a chapter or two instead of like a couple panels. I think Kaido is a compelling enough character to to warrant such a a dive into his uh, story and whatnot, especially I think, when I think that that's also my other hot take. Mm-hmm. I like the backstory we got of Kaido. I actually wanted to not learn more about Kaido, I think. I think I I, I sort of feel like that when you're in this narrative position as like a a main like shonen author, Mm -hmm. when you dive into the backstory of these major antagonists, the only ones that get the real limelight are the ones that are either going to be deceased by the end Mm -hmm. or the ones that you plan on reutilizing later. By making Kaido have less of a backstory, we focus more about him in the present. He's a present threat. Mm-hmm. We only want to throw him down and get rid of him. He's a stepping stone for the protagonist. By adding all these extra layers of like, I mean, we got enough backstory with Odin because that's when he was, that's when he mattered, right? Like that's when mm-hmm. he was a threat. We got enough backstory of like how he met King and whatnot through like the couple of pages that we did get. I just don't see there's nothing more in his backstory beyond what we got that I would say would facilitate a response from the audience in reflection to Luffy's struggles today. There's just nothing in there that I could think that would allow for Luffy today to have a bigger reason to beat Kaido. Like, we're already here. We already want to beat him. None of his backstory would be in service to Luffy beyond what we got. I, I think might be my very shallow opinion. Mm. I think for me, I, I'm just always... I always just want to know more. I understand it's a lot of effort and, and, and extra work for authors to do. It's like, hey, you gave me this really cool character. It'd be cool if you told me, like what his favorite cereal was, what it was like being a child. Uh, tell me how he ended up on a crew with Roger and Lin for rocks and blah, blah, blah. Give me everything. You know, I'm a, I'm a freaking greedy little gremlin. Just give me, give me. <laughs> I'm just a greedy gremlin. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, Luffy versus Kaido was dope. Um, I really, really appreciated the, um, I don't know if I'd call them Lord. Actually, there were Lord dumps at the very end of um, Wano that I remember to get to, but like, um, all the little sprinkles of things between uh, King versus Zoro and uh, Queen versus Sanji. The mm-hmm. whole Lunarian question. I love it. I want answers. I think <laughs> it's how we're going to like either quite literally or in some capacity uh, bring Eno back into the story. Whether like we literally bring him back down from the moon or we go up there ourselves or he just becomes a relevant to that little plot line or question mark, whatever. Um, I'm really invested in this plot line. Like, yo, is Sanji fully human? Is he, does he have Lunarian DNA? Is he just a meme who can just light on fire because he's so passionate? Who knows? I want the answer though. And I'm really interested in where it goes. I think King it was a really cool character. He's also fucking beautiful. And I cannot wait for the <laughs> anime to show his face. Can I can I just say yeah, yeah. too? Is it like why on earth do they always give 
the not white character to Zoro, though. Like it's getting it's becoming a problem. <laughs> you know, you know. We need to like have a serious chat with Zoro. <laughs> you know, at first it was a meme, you know, and then and then they brought out the the humandrils and people started asking questions. Okay, we're 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 getting out of the humandrils. That's a little yikes. You need to fucking relax. I'm talking like Pika. I'm talking King. Yeah. I'm talking uh Daz Bones. He, if there is a darker skinned character, he tends to fight them very often. (laughs) It's a little alarming. (laughs) That this do be true. I don't know how Oda plans to address this if he ever does. I I don't think he will. I mean, it's all coincidence, but it is kind of funny how it ends up happening like that. It's all coincidence. coincidence. Come on. I don't know. If you Zoro like just fights the guy with a sword, dude. That's his only fucking rule. Do, does character have sword? If yes, I fight. That's his. That's where he stands. You're right. For for like Zoro as a character, as we understand him, it's nothing intentional. It's like yo, you, even in a an episode released uh, yesterday before we recorded this. It's when Zoro first approaches King to like fight him, and he like you know makes commentary of like oh. I guess you're not actually a swordsman. You're just a bloodthirsty dude who would do anything to win. My bad. I shouldn't have made that assumption. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't have made that assumption. How, how very progressive of you, Zoro, for recognizing your... <laughs> He's like, oh, man, pre- I, saw, I saw a guy with a sword. I thought he was a swordsman. My bad. I should should have asked some questions first. <laughs> I should have asked. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I really like their fight. Um, I hope Oda touches upon the whole, like... Uh, dance with death that Zoro had for like a panel or two. I don't know what happened there. I hope we get an answer on that. Um, oh, like when the Grim Reaper came out of nowhere, yeah, like, like fake, fake killed him. <laughs> yeah, and then we just didn't address it. It was like, was it Brooke and he was hallucinating, or nope, we're just not going to touch about it. Okay. I want to believe that maybe it was the manifestation of one of his swords or something. Surely it'd be Enma. I think it would either be actually that makes the most sense because I think Edma literally is literally translates to like the king of the underworld or something like that. I want to say that's correct. I feel like I remember hey, that. Let me let me let me double check. I, I remember it was like heaven and hell were Odin's two swords or something. Mm. Enma translation. Let me double check. While you do Enma, that. Wh- oh, so- it is a deity and or personification of death. You oh. see? All right, well, makes sense. Uh, Going further on my Wano review, I do, one one of my gripes, uh, I hate that Oda did not, like, beat me over the head with confirmation that Zoro has, like, Wano lineage. Like, there's been drops in uh, teases, I guess would be the word I'd use, but there's nothing like... the lineage is that his old like master or something no no no. kuina's granddad came from wano like that's all you need i want more i want to know his mom pa like like, like i said with the with kaido i'm a greedy gremlin give me more especially for one of my, my favorite God. characters <laughs> what also drives well, this further for me at this current moment is last night in this episode i was mentioning um i don't know if this is ever mentioned in the manga it, it's been a while and i didn't go back to check um Big Boss Yogoro is talking to one of his uh, goons from the land of Wano or whatever, and he was like, hey, he really reminds me of uh, another samurai from Wano long, long ago. It was like uh, Ushimaru. I, f- I forgot their, their last name. Sumo. Uh, 
I, I believe it was Shim- Shimosuke something or other. Shimotsuki, I think, is their like last name. So Shimo or first name. Shimotsuki yeah. Ushimaru was the guy I was thinking of. And then they were like, that guy is related to uh, Ryuma, who Zoro fought. And they were like, yo, one-eyed swordsman. And they're drawing parallels. And I'm like, just tell me that Ryuma is Zoro's grandfather and that Ushimaru is his dad or something crazy. Like, I just want, I don't what? know. I just but, want okay, something. But what if he's not related, but it's more of just like an inherited will thing, like everything else in this fucking franchise. That is he doesn't, fair. That like, is fair. I don't, I don't, I don't see like that. This is a problem more of like, this is just like another mystery that I'm sure either will, or maybe it won't get like resolved. But at this point, the re his tie into Wano is that his, Queen's granddad who started the dojo that he fucking went to or whatever at the end of the day it, it, it taught him okay that's great we did it we, we that's the only tie into Wano that this man needs he has no family lineage he just has a metaphorical lineage of swordsmanship and all these other happenstances like fighting Ryoma getting Ryoma's sword ending up in mm-hmm. Wano and being requested to return Ryoma's sword so he can be placed properly with his grave so he can rest in peace properly according to the culture and in turn get Odin's sword which is supposed to be like a really powerful blade and in theory should help him make the final step of I think Zoro's upgrade and that's just figuring out what a black blade is and how to make one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now i will say there was always like i remember people saying that something they hated about wano was like things they didn't get x y and z uh two of them were marco not saying bye to luffy or them not saying bye to each other we eventually got that in the form of like an offhanded flashback yeah it was like off screen or whatever yeah and that but the other one that everyone seemed to hate was they didn't get a resolution between zoro and uh and uh Ryuma's black made shoe Sh- or whatever I kind of agree with that. The fact that Zoro didn't at least get a chance to like say goodbye to Shu Sui in a way mm-hmm. felt feels a little lackluster. I, I, I guess there, in my mind, I would have expected there to be a bit more of like a tender relationship between mm-hmm. Zoro and that sword. I mean, yeah, he traded it for Enma at the end of the day, so now he's got a new one. So why the fuck should he care? But I don't know. It, it seemed like there would be maybe some kind of like. Thank you from the spirit of the blade, maybe to Zoro. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we we uh, what's her name? Uh, not Toki. That's the mom. Kiyori. Uh, Kiyori, is- you know, takes Shusui, uh, and then the fox dude places him in the grave site properly, and then we get this whole spectral projection of Ryuma thanking Zoro, and no one can see it except Zoro, and he's like. Oh, nothing happened. Just I, I, I guess I expected something super anime mm-hmm. at least because of the way he treated uh, his blade back in Thriller Bark, right? Mm-hmm, like he, mm-hmm. he literally laid his sword to rest back in Thriller Bark. Now, this blade didn't die. It was just relinquished. So I guess it's not the same energy. But the fact that he, he felt the need to have a little ceremony with that sword, but absolutely no ceremony for Shusui. Especially know, when he... Jarring was so defensive at first where they were like no that's Ryoma's blade needs to return it was like no this is mine I, I, I earned it properly earned <laughs> like this is mine like it was given to me I don't think people totally. understand that so I, I can understand I, that gripe that makes sense yeah I think I think I do sort of stand in that camp where it's like maybe he didn't need a big ceremony maybe we didn't need like super spiritual but like an acknowledgement of like the relationship between Shusui and Zoro before they left would have been a little nice personally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what else am I, my big review here? Um, Gear five was dope. Uh, we can talk about that more in a second. Uh, post Wano stuff with the big party. That was cool. Um, Loved post Wano. Had a great time. 
not a fan of Yamato not joining the crew. That's just a personal thing. Don't gotta get too much into it. Um, I can't remember his name for some freaking reason, but Green Bull showing up. That was huge. That was dope. Dude, what a goon. That man's he a goon. Was, he is nothing like I was expecting him to be. Very now, much kinda, correct. <laughs> I kind of like that they went, you know, more antagonist side for mm-hmm. uh, another Marine Admiral. Don't get me wrong, but I want to sort of think that Oda changed his mind on the way Green Bull was going to portray himself partway through Wano, because when we saw him in the reverie, I don't know. He that just design didn't have does the, not look like what I'm looking at right now. I'll tell you that well, right the now. The design for one thing, but the the thing I think most is like the way he carried himself. Like, okay, so we had a very loose and surface level impression of like his character yes. in the reverie. Because number one, we didn't get his face reveal. And mm-hmm. number two, we only got like three lines that he was speaking to Fujitora or whatever. Uh and at the end of the day, he just seemed like uh a schmuck that, you know, messed with women all the time. Like he banged women all the time or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but it was and- weird. It was like in the reverie scene, it's like, okay, here's this schmuck who only cares about drinking and women. But there is, the, and maybe it's me projecting or whatever, or assuming, but when he's talking to Fujitora, I feel like because he's talking to Fujitora and because Fujitora has, in my assumption, a certain line of respect for Green Bull, um, we made assumptions that like, oh, maybe Green Bull is like a Wano Samurai or something similar to that, similar to Fujitora in some capacity, highly respectful, especially when like they said he just doesn't eat. For yeah. whatever reason, that's and I guess I assume that has something to do with like noble intention for whatever reason. And then you meet this guy yeah. on screen who looks like really rugged Japanese Sylvester Stallone, and I'm like, that's not the guy I pictured at all. All right, so I mean, I, I I'll I will peer behind the curtain. I had like 99% certainty that he was going to have the plant plant fruit the minute we met him. Like somebody called that forever ago. When he first said, I haven't eaten in years, somebody was like, oh, well, he must have a plant-related devil fruit. Because yeah, they were like photosynthesis, of- and I'm like, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. That, 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 was pretty, that was pretty much called from like the day that we met the guy. But I, I think that it was less about the respect he had for Fujitora in the moment and more about it seemed like his, I guess, angle was aligned more with being selfish and for himself than it was anything else. But what we got in Wano when we finally met him is he doesn't even really care about his own agenda. He's a he military just, dog through and through. Yeah, he, He's a military dog that it, it literally his sole purpose is to like, you know, make sure everyone recognizes the authority of the celestial dragons which was not the energy i felt like we got from back in the reverie Correct. so a part of, a part of me sort of feels like he got a little bit of a redesign in terms of maybe uh emotionally and also physically because the silhouette was a little janky from back in those days too yeah like the silhouette um, in the reverie when i see that silhouette i think of now uh i don't remember his name unfortunately but uh fabio the- the I think of the no, I think of the the triceratop <laughs> dude that Frankie fights in Wano. That's that's uh, the image I have in my sure. head of that dude. Sa- Sasaki, yeah, I think it's yeah, Sasaki. Uh, that 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 silhouette is who I would assume Greenville to eventually look like more or less. No, it's actually funny. I I too felt like so we ended up getting like a Sylvester Stallone looking motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, and I also thought, it, although less Sasaki and more like, oh, he must have based him off of some Japanese actor equivalent of Fabio. Because in my mind, I read a Fabio out of the silhouette mm-hmm. that we got back in Reverie, if I'm going to be honest. That's fair. Uh, 
which is totally cool. Uh, I mean, I'm fine with like the changes that they gave him. I like that we have another villainous Marine, but it was a little jarring getting to know him versus what we had been previously exposed to, I mm-hmm. think. There was definitely a little bit of a disconnect. Uh, and you already talked about Yamato or whatever. The, mm-hmm. the Yamato thing, I kind of wish she was on, but like I'm not like depressed that she's not. I'm, I'm okay with it just because I really like the character and I wish I got to like be with them more. That's really my I like angle. the character too. And I, I think if I'm upset, it's that Odo went out of his fucking way to throw this red herring in our yeah, faces. Yeah. Like, I mm-hmm. think it should not have been milked quite as much. Like, I don't even mind that Yamato's not coming. Like, okay, she was a cool character or they were a cool character. However, the fuck the argument is. Uh, I liked their backstory. I sort of liked the idea that they could be on the crew, but I wasn't like, you know, committed to it. But Oda went real hard trying to convince us that she mm-hmm. was like absolutely going to be mm-hmm. joining the goons. Yeah. And I feel like that was a little bit unwarranted, to be Just perfectly absolutely honest. absolutely pulling the rug from underneath <laughs> me. Like, you thought Yamato was going to join the crew? Sick. And I'm like, but, but you... You you it's, did it's so like much. Fine, the, you did so much yeah, planting like the, of seeds. Now you've ripped it's like, them don't, out. Don't let her. Don't don't bring her with us. But like, why did you go so fucking hard on her joining? Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For so fucking long. <laughs> and then like the the like changing of the mind was like off screened more or less. Like, bro, what? It took a minute, yeah, because the, the the episode where she changed her mind, it happened like she just like told him like, yeah, I'm not actually going. And then it was it wasn't until like a chapter or two later that we got the context that she met with uh, the straws outside of that final interaction or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and they were like, hey, uh, we, we need somebody to stay behind and protect Wado. And then she was like, I'll do it. But I'm really sad. I wanted to go. <laughs> It, it, like, made sense for the character of, like, well, I'm Odin, and I want to be like Odin. Odin didn't just, you know, jump aboard, wipe your ship, or Roger's ship. There is a step of, like, you know, traveling I mean, yeah, no, the no, land no, of did. Wano itself. And I'm like, man, like, that makes sense, but this is whack. <laughs> I, I also think that, that was whack. <laughs> and, and like, so we're clear, Odin absolutely just forced his fucking way onto those boats, just so we're clear. <laughs> Like, come on. Oh, well, wasn't he like formally invited by Roger? For Whitebeard, it was yeah, he just yeah, no, hung, Ro- he just Roger... clung to the anchor for like three days or something like that. Yeah, exactly. He forced his way under onto Whitebeards, but he did get formally invited by Roger when Roger was like, yo, uh, I'm a pretty cool guy. And then <laughs> Odin was like, You are pretty cool. Wow. And he was like, You can read pony glyphs. Like, yo, Edward, you, you sure you need this guy? You mind if I borrow him? Yeah, can I can I borrow your butt here? <laughs> it's just like, what the hell, dude? Which is also really wild when you think about it. It's like, huh? Just poaching? I mean, <laughs> Probably one of the most, like, uh, not vital. I guess he was vital to Whitebeard's. Uh, well, no, I mean, at the commander. end of the day, think about it like this. And this is the thing I love the most. You know, Whitebeard and Odin, they, they had a relationship that was unlike any other member on the entirety of Whitebeard's crew. He never called Odin his son. He only ever called him his brother. He mm-hmm. recognized him unlike any other member of his crew mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. not only an equal but like almost like a a leader in his own right who can make his own decisions i think that that goes into why at the end of the day whitebeard wasn't mad at roger for taking odin and also wasn't even really mad at odin for going with roger like he was but her a little bit but he was never going to stop anybody or you know make a big deal of it because he allowed odin the flexibility of being on his ship while simultaneously having the freedom to make his own decisions and go wherever he wanted. He wasn't a white beard pirate. He was more of just kind of like an equal 
like commodity to Whitebeard and that, that was just like vibing together in my opinion and I really like that relationship at least that dynamic difference between the, what Odin represented versus anybody else on Whitebeard's crew while we're here I think there's a good point to talk about this so we recently just finished up uh, Marine Ford and Ace dying and, and Whitebeard actively trying to prevent that I think I understand a little bit more your position of why you could understand why Whitebeard didn't go out of his way to go to Wano and avenge Odin for what Kaido did to him. Mm-hmm. I don't agree, but I I kind of get it, given what you just said. On top of in the past, you mentioned like, hey, listen, like Whitebeard could just also be a flawed character. Yeah. <laughs> However... And a part of me that where I stray from your train of thought is like, okay, yeah, he could be flawed, but like, I feel like at some point he would just get frustrated in himself and at least attempt to go like roll up to Wano and fight him in some capacity or just meet him on the seas or whatever. Like, maybe he didn't do it immediately. Maybe he took like five years to argue with himself or something crazy like that. I, I think it's wild that like, for one reason or another, you know, Odin, or not well, Whitebeard, just, you know, did not, just didn't feel like it for whatever reason. I think that's wild to me. I still, I stand by, think about, like, what happened at the end of Thriller Bark. When Luffy realized that Ace was in big trouble, he was like, nah, he'll figure it out. It's his adventure. It's his, mm-hmm, his shit mm-hmm. to deal with, right? I mean, when you see Whitebeard saw Odin as an equal more so than anybody else that he let sail with him Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i think what the extension of that is similarly how luffy felt about ace whitebeard feels about odin Mm -hmm. it's his shit it's his decisions to make he can make his own choices his own mistakes when ace comes back and explains everything that's happening with wano at the end of the day whitebeard's like hey i i we're we're bros and and I, i feel for him but like that's not that's not our business and I, I don't know. I think I find that to be now if he saw Odin as a son like everybody else. And of course, he's going to do something. But that's not who that's not the relationship they had. Odin was not one of Whitebeard's kids, at least not in his eyes. They were just mm-hmm, equals. Mm-hmm. That and is I, I, I sort I sort of like that counter and why that that relationship ended the way it did so that we have a better understanding and the commitment that Whitebeard is as a father first. And uh, I guess like a friend slash brother second, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So besides that, uh, what else have post Wano? Uh, Shanks rolling up doing more Shanks things. That, that was such a not. That was just such a nothing thing, though. I mean, what do you just, mean? Uh, it was so nothing. What? He just shows up and scares Green Bull with Conqueror's hockey. It wasn't just like a <laughs> scare we... thing. I think for me, what I love most about it was just like the expansion of hockey as we understand it, <laughs> where it's like okay. This dude has like telepathy now, more or less. It can like literally paralyze somebody with fear Listen, or whatever. Like nuts, dude. He just like he literally shows up. He's he's not even like on the island. He's, he's on the he shore, went out of his way, ready to dip he out. out and he's like, way. wait a minute. Let me talk. Let me fucking say this. He <laughs> went out of his way to sail to Wano, just parked on the shoreline, <laughs> and stared into the void angrily. Big egg. <laughs> And then made Green Bull go, okay, fine, I'll leave. And then he was like, hey, let's go get the One Piece. And then fucked back off. It was the most pointless fucking thing that I have ever seen Shanks do to date. By, by, by Bar none. He shows up only to use Conqueror's Hockey and fucking leaves. <laughs> 
Well, didn't he potentially roll up with the intention of uh, talking to Luffy about what the, whatever the hell Bartolomeo is doing off on uh, Red Hair property? If he did, then why didn't he? He still could have. He could have. No, he didn't. He just showed up to be Shanks for five minutes and then fucked off again. <laughs> it was the greatest five minutes of my life. No, that was, it was so fucked. It was only the only reason that, that chapter existed. I'm like pretty certain is to like film hype red, up red plug. Yeah, like come on, it was so fucking useless. I, yeah. I honestly felt offended for a minute as an audience member for that scene. You know, if I cared that much about myself, maybe I would too. But I was like, Shanks, he's here! Oh my god, he's god. paralyzing Greeble with hockey and telepathy. Like, oh, I'll Mark. be a Shanks stand. I will be a Shank Stan here and there, but like you're telling me this dude went out of his way to fuck to Wano, <laughs> d- doesn't even go to Wano, does his big Angie and leaves. He has to that was, that was his tire. only purpose. <laughs> like, it, it was, oh my god, just you're you can't do this to me, man. I I just I can suspend disbelief and I can really respect a lot of narrative choices, but this was just so out of left field and and served. The only purpose it served was getting Green Bull's ass out of there, which when you think about it, it's like, why even bother bringing Green Bull in the first place? You could have Nick, you could have eliminated the entire Green Bull bit with Shanks and all. And that enti- that that three chapter period might as well never have even existed. It served no other purpose other than revealing Green Bull. Wow, you know, wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, moving on besides that, I think the only other real important thing for the Anawano is uh, we established that there is an ancient weapon in there. So so we established uh, with the Tengu dude. I like how you said an ancient weapon. Do you remember what it was? <laughs> I think it was Pluton, but I generally don't remember which one it was. Yeah, that's correct. It is Pluton. <laughs> um, so I can't remember his name. So Odin's dad's alive. Uh, he's yeah. been... Sh- Sh- Shitmoski? No. No, that was... Is this Shimotsuki? Nah, go, nah, go ahead. Just, con, con, anyway, just continue. Uh, Own his dad. Uh, he's alive. He's been under the guise due to shame as uh, the Tengu dude who's been taking care of uh, Tama. Um, he speaks to Robin and Law about the history of Wano. He's like, hey, the Wano you see upstairs is like new Wano. Wano 2.0. The real Wano is completely submerged under this water you're looking at right now. Also, Pluton <laughs> somewhere in there. And these walls, uh, these artificial walls that were made, uh, are one the thing that are keeping that is keeping real Wano underwater, and also keeping everybody out, keeping Pluton safe. Point is like, yo, when we, when uh, what's his name, Momo, when Momonosuke, uh, finally you know opens the borders, he's gonna reveal the real Wano to the entire world and to his people more or less, and he's probably gonna release pluton potentially uh mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. was cool also I do, like, on I do like that uh that pluton ended up being there that that entire like sequence of events was actually very enthralling for me i was mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. into it uh th- this this actually answered a couple of questions it answered what robin saw back in alabasta uh because we always knew that uh cobra said that it had everything it had all the knowledge that she wanted about that weapon but she just had no interest in a weapon she only wanted to know more about history at the time Mm -hmm. so she lied to crocodile so but whatever she did read was always up in the air like you know what how much information was she privy to you know is that ever going to come back into the story it did come back into the story she knew that pluton was here all along and was looking for it for a hot second and that's when 
uh, you know, uh, the Kozuki guy, uh, Odin's dad comes downstairs as Tengua goes like, yes, uh, we do have Pluton, explains all the things that you just got done explaining. I find that to be actually quite compelling from a narrative perspective. I was like, so what's really fun about it is that the walls of Wano like when they were talking about opening the borders of Wano, mm-hmm. you if you literally open the borders of Wano, mm-hmm. you are unleashing unfathomable unfathomable change to the world mm-hmm. via the weapon Pluton, which is a very fun tie-in, I think, to the message that uh, Odin was trying to deal with or whatever. Because when you he knows the secret of the world, like Roger did, right? Mm-hmm. So, but and his ultimate goal was to open Wano's bo- borders. Mm-hmm. But if you do that and you unleash Pluton, the world never going to be the same. So, mm-hmm. like, w- did you want war? Uh, Odin, like, what did what was your ultimate goal here? <laughs> very, very fascinating, and it, it, it answers one question, but opens up a slew of new ones. It also, I think, it's really cool tying when uh, I, I'm a Western man who has very little knowledge of Japanese history, uh, but when you think about you know the real world parallel of uh, Japan historically having a closed border and trying to close itself off to outside <coughs> Western influence. Uh, and seeing Odin, you know, being like, no, we should, I want to open the borders and do X, Y, and Z. I think there's also more questions about that. And it's also cool narrative time that I personally do not fully understand, but I don't need to. Yeah, no, we're just, we're just here for the ride, man. We're here for Mm -hmm. a good time, Mm -hmm. not a long time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I think that summarizes my, my little one review. I loved it. Uh, you know, I think eight out of 10 is a very fair score. I, I don't know if I could ever give anything a one piece a 10 out of 10 until i've probably finished everything yeah totally i think that that's also a very fair uh a fair thing to 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 say it, it, it as long as it's unfinished it's hard to rate anything a 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. although that kind of sets a precedent that we can only feel like a 10 out of 10 is like a relative thing based off of its own merits do you know mm-hmm. what i mean like compared to other things i have a great time with one piece more so than a lot of other media on average but mm-hmm. I still think that if there's more to go, I would like to know where the rest of the series goes and how it grows from here on out before I rank anything like a 10 out of 10 experience. I think One Piece in of itself as holistically as a 10 out of 10, I, don't, I, I think Oda would have to fumble the ending real bad for me to change my mind on that. Which can still very much happen. It could, and I'm sure. As for a lot of franchises. <laughs> Just so we're clear, uh, I'm not convinced that Mans is going to be able to finish this off and make everybody happy. In fact, I would probably bet that 50% of people are going to be fuming <laughs> by the time this show is over. Surely he not- can do better than the Naruto Shippuden ending. Surely. I feel like you that ending what? is really divisive. It's like, you either thought it was cool or you didn't really care about it. Or you really did not like it. But like we kind of already fell into God territory with this whole Awaken thing. You know, let's talk about that real quick. How do you feel about Gear 5? Because I've heard Juan's ramblings of how much he generally does not like it. Or not so much doesn't like it, but he finds it problematic for the future of the series. I love it. Okay. I I think that the power of Looney Tunes is (laughs) one of the most fascinating and funny fucking things that you could have done for Luffy. So at the end of the day, when Gear 5 debuted, everyone kind of had the impression that it was going to be more of like a Katakuri thing where mm-hmm. he would just be able to like turn everything around him into rubber. Mm-hmm. Now, that much is actually still kind of true. Correct. But times like five, because 
what we found out was that he actually had a Zoan devil fruit mm-hmm. uh, by the name of uh, the human human fruit model Nika, which mm-hmm. is like a god or whatever, the god of smiles or, you know, the war liberation, whatever, whatever, you know, in in world One Piece lore is right. Seeing so One Piece has always been influenced by Western Looney Tunes style bullshit. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's that has always been a thing for Luffy, his final form <laughs> to be basically the manifestation of Looney Tunes logic is one of I think is one of is not only funny but one of the most ingenious things that this motherfucker could have come up with <laughs> for the protagonist of this fucking series i love it i i cannot sing more praise on the power they ended up giving luffy i feel bad for one if he's not vibing with it but and the other thing is like he's inspired by rubber hose animation the the bit is in the name <laughs> God damn it. It was in front of us all along. <laughs> you know, you got I fucking point. hate it. I hate that I never considered that he was just going to have the power of Cuphead. No one ever saw it coming. <laughs> God, I just it's so good. It's so good to me. I, I love it. I, I smiled from ear to ear when I saw this dude getting his head smacked through the ceiling and it gets super big and his eyes are popping out of his head and then everyone else is getting their eyes popping out of their head. Like, that's just, that's I the agree. heart and soul. It is some of the most jarring, but in like the most positive po- way possible. It was great. Looney Tune Energy was amazing. The heart and soul of this franchise is that it is not afraid to just do dumb fucking like anime funny, but not even anime funny. Even inspired by like Western Looney Tunes style funny. Mm-hmm. That's been the case since day one. And you know what? For that to be essentially the final end result of the power scaling of this universe, <laughs> I think is actually very fun, very compelling. And I love it. I I seriously, when those chapters first came out and he was beating Kaido, I was like, this motherfucker's a genius. <laughs> I, I think this is uh, moving on to our potentially next topic a little bit, uh, but... Uh, when he turns into Gear 5 again to fight uh, Lucci and he like gets springboarded or like it turns into a wrestling match. Mans hits the pipe system in the building. It's a freaking uh, uh, ringside ring rope. Springboards himself off of it, grabs a like curl in his hair, turns it into goggles, makes a little cartoony starstruck gleam and it just rockets himself I loved it. That was so funny. <laughs> so good, dude. Also, going back to what I you just... said before, when they initially debate, uh, debut the power, and Luffy affected like the whole island where everybody had the Enaru triple eye popping mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. face. <laughs> Beautiful. It's just, it's just so good, dude. I love it so much. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, even like, like you said, when he's fighting Luchi now, just spoilers, but not that it's spoilers, but whatever. Uh, he's fighting Luchi now, and the first thing. <laughs> the last things that happens i mean uh he smacks luffy so hard or luchi so hard that he makes a luchi shaped hole in the wall just like a wily coyote bit oh my <laughs> god i i can't dude it's just so so good i love it so much <laughs> good times good times it's great times i i sincerely sing nothing but praises of luffy's final form and if i happen to be the only one that finds this to be an ingenious end result to his power development i will die on the hill i think it's i think it's great to be building up to this for 25 years and 
maybe somebody called it, but nothing that I've seen in recent memory in any forum that I found called essentially his power being the power of Looney Tunes. Mm -hmm. If anyone had ever said that, I'll be a filthy liar. But my God, for for this joke to have gone on for 25 years and this is the end result is incredible. I <laughs> it's just I feel like I was punked, but in the best way possible. <laughs> I, I want to ask you this question because I think it's a valid concern for Juan. Uh, one of his points was that he's concerned about how does Luffy progress through the story now? Like he's got this really powerful ability and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Where do you what do you do with it? Like so he was wondering, he's like, oh, he assumed that like, oh, you know, he can't just use gear fifth willy nilly now. It's got to be a special circumstance. Got to train it, blah, blah, blah. From what we've seen in the recent chapters, that's not the case. He just jumps straight into it. Not much so, of a cooldown kind of thing. I think I think that Gear 5, if it's going to have a flaw, it's going to have two things. And, I mean, but at the end of the day, like both of them can be like semi-written out, depending on how Oda writes the show anyway. But I do think it's going to have two flaws. We've already seen one. By the time he's done using Gear 5, he's super fucking exhausted mm -hmm. to the point where he looks like an old man. <laughs> um but the more prevalent one, I think, is that you could see it when he was fighting Kaido and when he was fighting Luchi. He's not a very serious fighter when he cranks open Gear 5 to the point where it's honestly almost a bit of a detriment. Like he's he's focused more on having fun with his opponent than he is actually trying to beat said opponent, mm -hmm. which is very similar to like, you know, sort of the vibe we've had thus far with Luffy. But for a long time, we've had more of the, oh, I'm about to like fucking rock your shit because you've pissed me off for the last time style of protagonist energy, right? Whereas That's what now we get from he, like your three and four, particularly four, he's like, yo, I'm going to rock you. This is right. serious mode. But when but now with gear five, we've gone a, we've taken a bit of a step back mm -hmm. where now Luffy, in order to manifest this warrior of liberation or whatever his awakening, he kind of has to almost fall out of the severity of the fight and focuses more on having fun than anything else, which I do think will end up becoming a detriment for the fruit in the future. Now, whether or not that's going to become a big downside, it remains to be seen. It really doesn't seem to have made a significant impact in the story thus far. Uh, I mean, he still beat Kaido, obviously. Uh, he also still beat, uh, well, it, one round one against Lucci. I guess we're not really sure if he's going to continue to fight him or whatever is going to happen there. Uh, but I, I think at the end of the day, the, the Luffy at this point has kind of made it to like final boss statuses. I mean, we're on the final arc. The, there's only the only two antagonists that are left in my eyes are uh, Aka Inu and Blackbeard. So I, I think don't Emu really slash world government head haunch or okay, slash right. dragon yeah, yeah. people, e Emu, whatever. Emu world government, but like those three antagonists, like they're it. And there's no one in between that gives us reason to dick with between them and where Luffy is right now. So I guess my other counter to like now he's just he, he almost seemed like this this power makes him almost too strong or whatever similarly like when naruto unlocked like all the nine tails chakra mm -hmm. I, I mean he's at the end of the he's at, he's at the end like there's nowhere there's no one else to deal with between i i think that there's almost this like restriction on luffy where it's like he can't be like ready for the end game yet and it's like well no i mean i think he i think he is i don't know i mean i'm ready i'm sort of ready for the series to end i mean i love it you know to death and whatnot but i'm definitely ready for oda to finally finish this fucker up <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> i i think many fans share Juan's uh concern of like 
uh, does Luffy now just overcome everything where like is almost no obstacles in the sense of like, yeah, again, so if I was somebody, I win. I think that's I, where I, I don't think it's going to become a no obstacle. I do think that there will be fun narrative choices. I just think that the only ones that are going to provide those scary obstacles are going to be one of those three antagonists from mm-hmm. now on. That's right. Okay. I think we we I think we're done with our Wano talk question mark. I think we're done with our Wano talk. Okay. Uh other bullet I put down here is uh generally the more recent news with like the egghead arc and uh the most recent chapter I think you have read uh which came out this week was 1071. Um, mm-hmm. I got I got a couple things down here. I don't know if you want to start with anything in particular. Go ahead, dude. Carry the conversation. I'm here. Uh, I'm here for so you. So we get reveal finally of Doctor Vegapunk, both the main yes! body and his six other counterparts. Dog, can I tell you? Okay, this is another thing. I love Vegapunk. I I think he's fucking amazing. Like Vegapunk, <laughs> the main body, or like just the concept of Vegapunk and everything incorporated into him. Both. Okay. I, I, I love the so Vegapunk for those keeping track at home is essentially designed off of so his head is this weird like fucking light bulb shape and the reason why they gave his head like a light bulb shape is because he has the brain brain fruit uh that his his devil fruit lets his brain grow indefinitely which is why he's the smartest man alive whatever whatever and when he has a light bulb head he's it, which is inspired by Thomas Edison inventing the light bulb but more importantly Vegapunk main body looks like fucking einstein yeah but very specifically the einstein like famous picture of him sticking his tongue out with mm-hmm. paparazzi taking a photo of him so otis saw that and was like "Ooh, i can milk this mm-hmm. and basically g- gave vegapunk this like weirdly long tongue just like uh ah, what's that fucker's name for big mom's crew i always forget his fucking name oh uh, the, uh, the lollipop per- dude the candy man Pero sparrow i think yeah his yeah, name yeah, is. yeah 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 so he has the same tongue as Pero Sparrow, but looks like Einstein. And I just I find that design choice to be so fucking funny. <laughs> it looks really good. <laughs> On top of that, uh, to explain how he has his main body and then his six of the counterparts, essentially his brain had at some point grown so excessively big that it was essentially outgrowing his body. It's why he has a massive forehead where we understand it as he's cut up his cranium to you know get some oh. air and then cut and the, up his and then brain the other bit yeah the and other put it bit six too, bodies he cut his brain off put it in a jar and then he can set it as like a stat a satellite dish to communicate to seven other bodies he split his himself up amongst six other like vegapunk bodies essentially each one of them having their own like semi personality whatever a semi mm-hmm. like uh position to do or like purpose mm-hmm, or whatever mm-hmm. and the other thing that i thought was hilarious is that the main body uh vegapunk himself when he cut his head off his like antenna is like the top of an apple which is just mm-hmm, a reference mm-hmm. to isaac newton mm-hmm, oh mm-hmm. my god dude there's just so many fun references with this guy i think i think vegapunk might be one of my favorite design characters in a long time <laughs> Uh, just to go over his uh, his six satellites as they're referred to. Uh, so we have uh, Shaka, the embodiment of good. Uh, looks like one of the dudes from Daft Punk, which I think is a great design choice. I love it. Absolutely. Uh, they have Lilith, which is the embodiment of evil. Uh, Edison, uh, aspect of thinking, as I'm reading it from the wiki. That might be... There's been some weird translations with these uh, recently. Uh, Pythagoras, uh, the embodiment of wisdom. Uh, Atlas, the embodiment of, I think... It's like violence or rage, one of the two. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's York, who, as I'm reading, is the embodiment of greed. I feel like gluttony would be a better 
Dude, dude, the best part about York is that she's essentially just the Bidoof of, of, of Vegapunk. <laughs> Please expand. I, I don't know if I follow. Oh, oh, you don't know? Okay, so in uh, in Pokemon, you, at least in the older generations, I don't know if they've like changed the rules, but when I played Pokemon, uh, you know how you always learn HMs after you beat certain gyms or whatever? Mm-hmm. Well, a common strategy, because a lot of those HM moves, like, you need to have them in your team in order to, like, traverse around the map or whatever. Yeah, like strength, cut, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. But a lot of the time, those HMs kind of suck. In fact, I Mm -hmm. think the only one that's, like, any good is Surf. So, for the most part, most people will go out of their way to put those moves on a single, like anchor Pokemon so that they don't have to worry about it. And when Bidoof came out, he has like the unique ability of being able to take like every HM in the entire game or at least be able to hold on to four by himself. Mm-hmm. So it, he became a very common HM slave, it's called. Gotcha. Uh, in, in, in the Pokemon, the, the Pokemon world back when I at least was still. Keeping I was up not very. What's the word? I wasn't min-maxing my Pokemon playthroughs. I was very much yeah, a little yeah. noob who was like, I'm Ash Ketchum. I'm going to catch them all. Go Pikachu kind of dude. It's so good, dude. He, York is just the Bidoof of the Vega because all York does is sleep and eat. That is 100% of what York's purpose is. Cause, cause uh, I guess from what I read here, I don't know if this is correct. I, it might be wrong. Uh, definitely the eat and sleep part. Apparently, agree, uh, York does everything else like defecating other bodily requirements yes, yes. also pooping yes correct <laughs> <laughs> oh my god luffy, luffy found someone who can poop luffy found someone who can poop oh my god this oh is my god. poor yeah, developments here so while all the other vegapunks do important things like designing uh traversing like egghead or also like you know just doing anything in general york is on the side stuffing her face uh taking naps and also pooping for all of the bodies all herself <laughs> don't ask me how that pooping thing works that makes absolutely zero sense but it's near those yeah, brook and we don't need that's to ask just like it. a thing they, they all share body uh needs even though they're all separate into seven different bodies you know what I don't even care. I don't care about it. The <laughs> logic's fine. Checks out in my book. <laughs> Perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Uh, continuing with the Vegapunk and everything that spawned from him. Uh, I guess we touched about the Ohada stuff. So he... Saul's alive! Is he? Saul's alive. Yes, yeah, Saul's alive. That's confirmed. Saul is alive. Robin's best friend is alive somewhere in the world. Uh, yeah! Community potentially thinks he's an Elbaf. We don't know that yet. Hopefully he is. Probably is. Who knows? I mean, I, I, th- I think it's confirmed he's an Elbaf. Um, so yeah, no, it's Vegapunk rolled up on the Ohada incident after I, I don't know if it's a couple of days or like a couple of weeks after everything went down. He he also bumps into Dragon at that same time. Um, right. I, I mean, I mean, we don't, we don't need to cover like every fucking minute of every detail. I the think end of the that's day, important. after the books, no, get out of here. After the books were burned, a couple of giants picked him up and sent him all to Elbeth. That's the only thing that matters. And we didn't get the name of the giant that was wrapped in bandages that took all of the research to Elbeth, but we got confirmation that a giant with a crew of giants we've seen before came, picked up the books that were burning from Robin's bat flashback, took them all to Elbeth. That much is known. The only unknown was when Robin was like, hey, the giant that did all this was his name Saul and then Vegapunk was like I can neither confirm or deny this accusation but we all know it was fucking Saul <laughs> now the question is I'll, do you think he is the person that um kid is looking kid for was talking about yeah I actually I think that this makes a lot of sense now I, there's a, lot, a little bit of discourse in the community where they're like nah that would be stupid I'm like nah I mean that makes the guy the the, the one that's marked by flame I actually think 
I mean, getting burned by being frozen alive and also having been in the fires of mm-hmm. Ohara is like totally a thing. I mean, he's if he's wrapped in bandages from head to toe, it's got to be for some reason. Why not be for burn marks? I think it mm-hmm. makes perfect sense that he would be the man marked by flames. And if there was anyone close enough to the scholars of Ohara to have any significant information for Kid in this instance, since we all know that Robin's the only one that can read Poneglyphs, who better than somebody like Saul, who was there when the island went down and was like decent friends with the scholars themselves. He's had all their research all this time. Maybe he's learned a thing or two about what they were learned or what they researched. I think it makes perfect sense for him to be the the man marked by flames, I think is almost a it's a guarantee at this point, in my mind. But, you know, I've, I've been wrong before. We've been wrong <laughs> see, before. See Yamato joining the straws. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, do you have any thoughts on the Devil Fruit theory or, or Devil Fruit lore that is theory from Vegapunk, but also confirmed by Vegapunk? Uh, any of that uh, stuff? So, like, Vegapunk confirmed the whole, like, lineage factor thing and how uh, how he produces seraphims with Devil Fruit powers from other people is yeah, this thing I mean, called Green Blood or whatever. And we, we learned a lot more about this in the past, but he just clarified, like, it's easy to, to copy a Zoan. It's harder to copy the uh, Paramecias and uh, and Logias. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if he said he figured out how to do Logia, but he said he figured out how to do Paramecia. However, I guess they have to be pumped with green blood all the time. I didn't I don't really like th- this is so fresh. I don't even think that this has been completely expanded on. So I, I don't feel comfortable even like delving into it too much. Mm-hmm. But now now we have confirmation for at least non-humanoid things or rather humanoid but not living things like the seraphim that he created uh the the paramecias are on the table in terms of cloning Mm -hmm. uh we still don't really know much about logias and then zoans were always easy for i know for logias he said it's just really expensive and time consuming i'm pretty sure he was able to clone kizaru's fruit and that's how all the pacifistas and seraphims have lasers maybe i'm wrong on that i might be well i mean that hasn't been like completely you know Mm. given to us yet but i don't know regardless how do you uh, feel about the statement he made of uh essentially as i'm going to poorly summarize it where vegapunk's theory of devil fruit existence is that people just kind of will them into existence dude i actually think that that's really fun so okay this is where i'm starting to like i i might be biased but i don't need i don't need great logic for i don't need science in my one piece all right give me silly magic that's fine for me. And honestly, the fact that, okay, so Vegapunk essentially says that his theory about how devil fruits are created is that they're created from people's dreams, from mm-hmm. their wishes, essentially. And it's all in my mind, I think it makes it, it's great from a narrative perspective because it, it it explains how these weird fucking niche ash powers come into existence. Whoever's like asking fruit. for uh, the spring spring fruit from that one dude in Jaya and Dressrosa, you people are weird. <laughs> you are a little weird, but it, it it creates almost this like expectation that the reason why there's so many niche powers out there is because it all stems from like different individuals wishing for this, you know, the answer to a very specific problem, a, a very specific problem in their lives, as opposed to, you know, the, the universe accidentally manifesting something that just so happens to resemble the spring spring fruit. Like, why does the universe even know what a spring is? You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, I I like this energy, to be perfectly honest. And it all calls back to the big open statement that Roger makes at the and, and even in like the opening 
uh, of the original anime opening or whatever, where he's like, you know, something, whatever dreams, these are the, the hearts of mankind or whatever. At the end of the day, dreams is at the heart of this franchise and mm-hmm, I'm here mm-hmm. for it. So I don't know where else they're going to go with this thought. This is just like Vegapunk sort of said this on the side. Like, yeah, I think Devil Fruits are the manifestation of other people's dreams. We don't know, like, in what way they get manifested. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't really know the limitations of that. It's just like something he said on the side. But a part of me is kind of like, yeah, I'm here for it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's just me though I thought it was a really cool highlight moment I know it's been a hot burning talking point in the the One Piece community I don't know if I have any thoughts on it I think it's wild if it's true or not whatever the case is I'm I'm here for the ride let it let let the devil fruit theory stew brew some more or whatever I just said it needs to cook a little bit more you know yeah yeah I mean uh, there's it is definitely fun, more that we can I've been enjoying the egghead arc because it just seems like every week more or less there is just something really cool and compelling just being dropped every chapter yeah totally oda is doing it right i don't know how he's doing it week after week after week but he's he's figured it out he's got a formula i'm having a great time and i'm here Mm -hmm, for the ride mm -hmm. can i can i also tell you too we didn't even talk about it uh i do have a big think that i want on this cast hit me with it only the discord members have heard me say this so uh, I will say one thing that we also got during this is that we got confirmation after the end of Wano that Luffy has another dream beyond being the Pirate King mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. up until now has been very ambiguous and confusing because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they they resort to reflecting back to that um, the Ace Sabo and Luffy like declaration backstory mm-hmm. where they all say like their dreams and whatnot. The anime just goes all in on saying I'm going to be king of the pirates there. But I don't even know if like the manga made it ambiguous at the time and then the anime just made it, I'm going to be King of the Pirates. But apparently we're supposed to believe that that entire time Luffy said his real dream in that moment and we've not been privy to it up until now, right? Mm -hmm. So the community has been... So now, after we beat Wano, Luffy lets slip that dream to the rest of the crew members, but in like an offhanded comment that we didn't see as the viewers. They hear it and see it. We know nothing about it. We just get like their oohs and ahs after uh, Luffy finished explaining. And and they all all laugh. They all think it's funny or whatever, or they're surprised and whatnot, whatnot. Um, What I find interesting is that since we weren't privy to it, we're still left in the dark. A lot of the community has been trying to guess what Mm -hmm. that dream might be. A very popular dream uh, choice is that he wants to have a party with everyone on on planet Earth or wherever the planet that they're on is called. Yeah. And I still think in my heart of hearts that that's probably going to end up being the case. But in recent memory, specifically when that chapter came out, I was trying to parse... uh, what could possibly be an alternative to Luffy's dream? And it wasn't until we watched Luffy's backstory that I do kind of think I got a good idea. Go so, on. I think, and this is my only counter to the party with the world, and I haven't heard anyone say it. I think that Luffy's dream might be that he wants to live forever. But... wow. There's a there's a caveat there. And I said this to the discord, too. I, I basically talked to myself the entire time because that's just the kind of <laughs> asshole I am. Uh, I think a lot of people would argue that that's a very useless dream for somebody of Luffy's stature, because that feels very selfish. Right. Like, why would someone like Luffy want to live forever? But I sort of think that it's less about physically living forever 
and more about spiritually. He wants to make an impact on the world so incredible that he lives forever. And I think that only a handful of the straws even got that when he mentioned so. Like Nami when she smiled after he said it or, and, he, and she was like, that sounds a lot like you. I think that in when Luffy says his dream is I want to live forever, he's going to end up being a mirror to Blackbeard. I think Luffy and Blackbeard have the exact same dream which is how they're going to be compelling as the protagonist antagonist. I think that Law's surgery, the the living forever surgery, mm-hmm. is something that Blackbeard also wants. Mm-hmm. I think Blackbeard wants to live forever literally, whereas Luffy wants to live forever spiritually, if that kind of makes sense. So Blackbeard they have wants same- immortal life. Luffy wants immortalization. Correct. In a very medical metaphorical-ish sense. Yes, that is essentially in a nutshell my dream. Because you know what? I think that looking back at Luffy's backstory and a lot of other things is he, when Ace told him that he'll never die, it's not that it came off as jarring, but it's kind of weird. It, it felt like a weird thing to just like promise to somebody, right? Especially like, you know, your, your brother or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe Maybe not like depending on the context, but I like to think now after, you know, parsing this this theory out that when Ace came up with as long as, you know, Luffy is around and kicking and he needed to be protected, he would make sure never to die. I almost think that that was a proclamation like in addition to Luffy's dream where he's like, I want to live forever, almost telling Luffy like, hey, as long as you're alive, I'm alive. If you want to live forever, I'm going to be damn sure to live forever as long as you need it or whatever. You kind of know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I almost think that that was an even more intimate response than we see as an audience back in those days. There's an, there's an even deeper context that we weren't privy to at the time. Um, And also, I think back to Roger and if Roger and Luffy have the same dream, this is the other caveat. They they clearly have the same dream. So Roger wanting to have a party with the world feels a little weird to me, considering he could have done that. Like, I don't see why he needed. I don't see why he came too early to have a party with the world. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't I don't I don't understand why he needed the the weapons and like all this thing to have a party with the world. I think he could have done that being the king of the pirates that he already was if that was like his grand goal or at least and he never seemed to try right he never seemed to try to do that so if Luffy and Roger share the same goal of having a party with the world why did Roger not try to do that as best he could instead he just gave himself up or whatever I think that he also wanted to live for forever just like Luffy since they both have the same dream and what did he do when he realized he couldn't accomplish the grand end result from learning the history of the world he did the only thing he could think of to immortalize himself for as long as he possibly could he gave himself up and started the pirate era so he Fucking did legend. try to do he did try to do his goal. He did it as best he could with the cards he was dealt, and he didn't fucking throw it all away, right? Mm-hmm. He had, he tried. Now, he might not immortalize himself like Luffy one day will, but he did. with the hand he was dealt, he was like, fine, bet. Then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to immortalize myself by starting a brand new pirate age. You know what I mean? I just think there's something a little bit more, I guess, exhilarating about that mm-hmm. metric. But anyway, that's my that's my long drawn out uh, <laughs> headcanon theory. Hopefully that might be the case or whatever for Luffy going forward. <laughs> I can support this theory. This sounds dope. 
I like this. I, I, I worked very hard to try to come <laughs> up with something that was as good as a party with the rest of the world. And this was the best I got. I'll probably end up being wrong, which is fine. But I want it on cast. All right, I want to hear it now. <laughs> That I called it if it's that he wants to live forever. This came out, it is it is, it is January uh, 8th of 2023, and I, by God, it, I called it, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Jumping on to what... the party with the world thing, I think, I don't know if anyone's ever said this part particularly, I think a very key caveat to Luffy achieving this particular dream, if this is how it goes down, is one, he should take, just absolutely abolish Celestial Dragon's little government as a whole. Two, I think he's going to like Pangea his worlds. He's gonna right, gear yeah, five, so just stretch to every continent, island, what what have you, and just go smush. And we have oh, one. oh, you think he's literally gonna use his devil fruit to smush all the continents together? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how he gets the <laughs> one piece. <laughs> ah, okay, that's, that, that that's part's definitely a meme. out there. That, part, that last <laughs> part is more of a meme, but I think the Pangea thing is kind of plausible. I think. I think that the one I do think that there's going to be a world continental change, but I don't think it's going to be all the islands being smushed together. I think it's more along the lines of the red line being demolished. Yeah, I think the so red that, line being demolished is how you get the all blue for Sanji. Yeah, so you get the all blue for Sanji. You make the world one piece, and then you also have like a piece on the seas or something because now all the seas can you know easily traverse or intermingle as they see fit. I, I think it would almost lose a little bit of value in the world if you just forced all the islands together. Because part of the, I mean, a part of the fun of the series is like that sense of adventure, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, going from island to island and all this like new, this new stuff, these new cultures, these new settings or whatever. So I don't see it as Luffy's energy to be like, now all that adventure I've been seeking after all this time. Fuck all that. I want them all <laughs> on one place. I, I don't know. I feel like that would be a little lackluster, but I do. I do also think that with the when all of the weapons are utilized or whatever, somehow the red line's going to get destroyed, and we will get the all blue or the one piece C, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. What else we could talk about? Uh, I do want to talk about this stuff. So recent Blackbeard happenings. He invaded Amazon Lily. Uh, cause a ruckus, uh-huh. kidnap Kobe, runs into law on the sea. They duke it out. We're not sure how that fight ends. Um, and now in the most recent chapter, Garp has uh, taken a ship, taken Helmeppo and a couple other new Marine people who I'm pretty sure they're all sword members. And they're like, we're going to go save Kobe's ass. I don't know if you have any thoughts or anything you want to talk about between those three little things or just I mean, you pretty, pretty much covered it. I mean, yeah, Blackbeard, all of his crew members supposedly have devil fruits now. Uh, the, the, the what, What's his name? Right, his helmsman. That is thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking Jesus Burgess now has the muscle muscle fruit. The sniper dude, I forget his name. He has the warp uh, warp fruit where he can teleport, teleport. other people <laughs> slash things. Yeah, which is actually kind of sick. That's but. broken for him. I'm thinking about like, yo, how is he gonna one? How is Usopp gonna one v one that man in the future? Like, bro, he <laughs> yo, puts we, you wherever he wants you to be. How do you do that? That's what I'm that? saying, dude. And then uh, who's the other one we got come from? Oh, the the doctor guy who has the sick sick fruit. Yes, I think that's the actual uh, English translation where he makes you sick, but he just comes like, what was it? The disease he gave Law and his crew was I forgot the name of the disease they sent it, but they just gentle bent everybody. Yeah, I was like, "How <laughs> is this a sickness? You just you just made <laughs> thousands of fandoms across the world just like ooze from the, the, the just, uh, 
I can't even hate it. I can't hate it because we've already had a Vankov who has the hormone hormone fruit Mm -hmm. and can adjust your hormones to make you a woman. So what if he just developed an illness that it changes your hormones? So like it makes sense. I'm like, this is a a gift. Gender bent law is hot. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so fucking (laughs) ridiculous, dude. But I I think those are actually really exhilarating uh, chapters when they're coming out. I was like, oh, shit. I mean, I had a lot of fun finding out more about Blackbeard and seeing like that like subplot play out. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but I think uh, we need to get more resolution in that side plot because right now Garp is on his way to go fuck with Blackbeard on uh, Fulalead Island, Fulalead Beehive Island, whatever the fuck the actual name island is. He's getting ready to go fuck some shit up and hopefully get Kobe back. But beyond that, I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm along for the ride with Blackbeard. You know, what I appreciate most about the, those segments was uh, showing off that Law's crew isn't like some pipsqueak people that get ran over because everyone always talks about like Law is a great and powerful pirate. Beppo, he cool. The rest of his crew is just doctors and assistants and they just live in a submarine they don't do anything that fight <laughs> proved the other live in a yellow submarine sorry so I, I think it was really nice to be like hey like they can fight they're they're on if anything they fight better because they're in the ocean and you know what i can go underwater fuck you yeah dude i love that mm-hmm. <laughs> put all the haters to rest hopefully um well we'll never put all the haters to rest <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah you're right you're right it was a good effort it was a solid effort <laughs> uh well, that was pretty cool uh i'm scared for law i don't know what blackberry's gonna do I'm very concerned, but we will get that down the line. Hopefully, eventually, maybe. Who knows? Who knows indeed? Uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about before, before I get to this next and last bullet, potentially. Yeah, no, I think I think I'm, we've pretty much covered everything. This, this has already been kind of long. I, I'm honestly surprised we had this much to talk about, if I'm going to be honest. Same. But, uh, All yeah. right, so we did. Uh, do you have any opinions on anime? Which you probably don't because you're not caught up on the anime because you're waiting for stuff. Uh, that is correct. Uh, uh, but I will say the mm-hmm. the one the one piece dub is in Wano and I couldn't be happier. I I have been I, I told these guys in the chat. So recently they were like finishing up uh, Whole Cake Island in the dub. They've been cranking them out like a, like mad men. They did like 200 episodes in a year or something like that. It was fucking ridiculous. And they've just made it to Wano. I couldn't be happier. We for the first time ever, the dub and the sub are on the same arc. Now, to be fair, they're still off by like I think 130 episodes or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like the fact that they're on the same arc for the first time ever is mind-boggling to me. And I also hear that in the background, they've already done through the beginning of the raid at like at Funimation. They haven't released it yet. Mm-hmm. I think they've only released like the first uh, 20-ish episodes of the Wano arc, but they've already dubbed all the way up and to the beginning of the raid. Wow. So they're basically right on the heels of the true anime. And I'm, mm-hmm, I couldn't mm-hmm. be happier, dude. There's like an, uh, there's a non-zero chance that by the time we get to Wano, <laughs> the dub will be in the same spot as the sub. And I'm like, I, I never thought this timeline would happen. 
<laughs> Never in my wildest, lovely dream. I will continue to pay for Funimation and watch that <laughs> shit till the day I die. Thank you, Funny, for bringing me this <laughs> this lovely. Now, Wano is very horribly paced, and I'm not loving every bit of it. Don't get me that, wrong. I I was I normally before I would constantly defend it. Like, no, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Recently, I've been proven wrong. Like, oh no, it's it's, it's kind of bad. I the first twenty-ish episodes of Wano have some real fucking terrible pacing. Don't get me wrong, but. I get to experience the show with the characters and voices that I've grown accustomed to over the last like seven or eight years. So I'm here for it. Sam, happy for you. Thank um, you. Thank you, my guy. I do want to close on this one bullet, but before anything else, uh, we already gave our one of thoughts, enemy opinions. We don't really have any. Uh, I, I think I'm good. I think I covered everything. I don't think we did, we did predictions already, kind of, sort of, maybe. Anyway, uh, last thing I want to do is just read uh, Oda's Jump Festa message. Um, so that was kind of recent important happenings, uh, redirecting, let me pull up the full image. That's not it. Why can't I find it? There it is. Okay. Uh, so Odo wrote this at, uh, jump fest or wrote this as a open letter to jump fest, the crowd. Um, this happened no more than a month ago, I believe. Um, lots of things were happening, uh, for jump fest, uh, new anime previews and releases, manga talking, blah, blah, blah. Um, for the One Piece segment, they want to. They talked a lot about One Piece Odyssey coming out. Uh, lots to talk about Film Red. Um, in terms of like manga stuff, anything I think was touched upon was mentioned in this letter that I will read for you now. Uh, <clears throat> to everyone attending Jump Festa, as well as everyone else tuning in, hello. This is world famous idol Ichiro Uta. Kidding. Uh, now then, this year the Wano Country Saga finally ended, and while the manga's been plenty busy, Film Red also became a massive box office hit, so it's been one mind-blowing year. All One Piece staff members were cheering of joy. Uda-chan's upcoming Red and White TV tour will be airing for the following days only as well, so I hope you can enjoy it. Also, the Trading Guard game turned out to be really uh, pretty fun. Uh, right before this, I asked my editors, give me the rare cards, but they told me that's a desire not even the likes of us can be granted access to. What the hell? <laughs> uh, the long story has already been going for over 25 years, and recently I've noticed that more and more younger readers are getting into it, which makes you happy. I know I've been saying Final Saga this and Final Saga that, but it's not going to end as quickly as I'm making it sound, so I'd recommend not stressing it shussing over it and just reading comfortably next year the game that's been <laughs> that's been six years in development one piece odyssey will finally release and the one piece hollywood live action is making progress for now we've had the base footage of season one so much went on behind the scenes but if i'm being honest the most worried person in the world that this will turn sorry so much went beyond went on behind the scenes but if i'm being honest the most worried person in the world that this will turn out good is me lol but it actually looks amazing and finally for the future of the one piece manga no way that person and that person are going to be fighting that's the type of story you can expect if i were to give a give it a title i'd call it free for all battle royale i hope no one dies <laughs> please look forward to the one piece series this following year like always ichiro oda yeah, I mean, this is essentially an a, a, an advertisement in several words. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, but like, come on. what I think is what what really caught my attention is everyone has been talking about like what he means at the very tail end of like, oh, this person, that person are gonna fight. I hope no one dies. And then we you know this 
hypothetical that, that, i'm gonna title. be honest that that line it doesn't even phase me doesn't I, even phase it, you got no questions theories zero 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 whatsoever he is a he, he is he's a hype man all right man, I love don't him. don't fall for his traps <laughs> don't fall for his traps he's a goddamn goon He's probably he's probably talking about fucking Papa Goo and fucking uh, the green haired dude from like the beginning of the series. All right. You know, I'm talking like like treasure chest guy and Papa Goo are going to fight and it's going to be a battle royale. He's a goon. All right. Never. Don't trust his fucking lies. (laughs) Now, he's a a fun writer and I do like his I think he's a fantastic author and I love his work. He's a hype man. Don't don't listen to him. For I am the hype. I buy nothing but hype. Give me He's more. He's such a fucking loser, man. I hate this guy. <laughs> but I do love his work. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, remember here, kids. He said it first. Uh, One Piece ending, final saga, but not that soon. So take your time. Whatever yeah, that really means in terms of that, chronology. That's my only big takeaway. Up until now, I mean, I, the, the Discord has asked us a couple of times. I'm still in the camp that I can't see the series going beyond chapter 1300. In fact, if I was going to be honest, I think it would be 1200. Um, but I recognize that maybe there's still a decent amount of story left to tell from, you know, Oda's perspective or whatever. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and assume that he's got just over 100 chapters to do. But I would be remiss if I said that he I don't think or if I do think he's got more than 200 chapters left under his belt. But mm. I yeah, again, I've been wrong before. Uh, some people in the discord have suggested that he might do 15 or even 1600. Uh, I I think that's a lot. But, you know, if he ends if he's got that much story left in him, power to him, man. It sounds like a lot to me, though. <laughs> I think 1500 is the absolute cap I could ever see uh, this manga reaching. Um, I don't know how the numbers exactly would play out, but I think it would be really cool if Oda planned the story in a way where uh, he ends it in 30 years. Right. I remember you saying, yeah, you've, you've said that before, that you mm-hmm. think it would be nice if the the final chapter released on exactly the 30 year mark or something like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be pretty neat. I too think that that would be quite nice. 30 year run. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can't believe it. It's been so long. Such a ride. <laughs> it has been a ride and a half. Though, right? I, I'm technically <laughs> when I pick up one piece, maybe when I was like 18, give or take. So I was 18 years late to the party. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely wild. Can't wait for that. though. Same. Uh, it's been a it's been a great ride. <laughs> yep. And like the great ride that One Piece is, uh this spoiler cast has been a great ride. I'm surprised how just free flowing, like from the very beginning, it was you came up with this SpongeBob bit, we rolled in with it <laughs> in like five minutes. You're I don't know how you have the improv skills to just parody the 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 little intro in five minutes, but you did it. We did a little practice. I mean, it's only like six lines, like four lines even. <laughs> uh, listen, my brain couldn't do it, but you did it. You're good job, big guy. We rolled into the the intro a little bit. This came out swinging. We got an hour and a half of content, more or less. And before Dylan cuts that down, but <laughs> and, and before Dylan cuts this whole thing down to ten minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think we got everything out that we need to talk about, more or less. Yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> Thank Excuse you me. for. Uh... Thank you for listening. Thank you, Justin, for joining me. Uh, this was fun, as as always. And, likewise, uh, do, likewise. Do you want to do, do the plugs, Justin? By all means, please, please. The floor is yours. All right. Uh, thank you for listening to us today slash tonight, whatever time it is. Uh, if you wish to follow us on social media, you can do so on Instagram and Twitter at Panda Sightings. 
If you wish to send us emails with anything and anything you want to talk about, uh, you can do so at pandasightings at gmail.com. If you wish to financially support us in our endeavors for this podcast and anything else we might do in the future, uh, you can do so on Patreon. Uh, you can find that link in the bio of our Instagram, Twitter, uh, podcast description of this episode. And finally, if you wish to join a community with other people who somehow, for some reason, enjoy our podcast and like talking about One Piece and watching other stuff. <laughs> Christian and doing... says we can't make those jokes anymore. It makes him upset. Well, this is a spoiler cast. Christian's not allowed in here. This is a safe space for us. <laughs> all right. <laughs> like I was saying, if you want to join a Discord with cool people and be cool people with them, we got people who do movie nights like damn near weekly. It's a great time. There's worms in there. It's fun. It's crazy. We're wacky. You could do so by clicking the link to our Discord in our link tree bio episode description blah 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 join our discord we're great yeah we're we're so much fun we're so funny everyone always says how funny we are and i don't cry at all i swear (laughs) (laughs) people love us come join us please they're so mean to me in there i can't do it anymore i need friends i'm just kidding (laughs) Nah, the person who gets bullied in there is devin and semi-rightfully so I don't think anyone gets bullied. We don't bully. Well, Come on, that's such real a bad bullying. standard as to how we, we we're very we're very meme oriented in that in that Discord. <laughs> in you fact, know right what? now there's like a, there's a worm war going on. Everyone's got a D in their fucking username. It's a whole thing, man. <laughs> Pe- peeling the peeking behind the curtain real quick. Um, wow, I forgot what I was going to peel the curtain behind to to look nice. at. Nice, you you peeled the curtain and then you. I, basically... I saw I saw the infinity of knowledge and lost all of my own. Uh, <laughs> what on earth was I going to say? <laughs> I'm actually upset myself. Come on, you know dude. What? what are you doing? This is a sign of the show. Cut the cut the feed. Cut the feed. Cut the feed. Thank you for thank you for listening. Uh, we hope to we'll uh, hopefully you'll join us for the next one or whatever. Thank you. Bye bye now. Have a good night. <laughs>